Welcome to this episode of the Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. Joining me today, it's Bucknell head coach Aaron Roussel. Aaron has been at Bucknell for seven seasons now and is taking them to the NCAA tournament for the second time. Guy who started out coaching Division Three and really had no intentions to do anything other than that after he was there at the University of Chicago, but got the Bucknell job and has really done an pretty incredible job. Aaron's a friend, uh, actually called one of their games a few weeks ago, so had time to spend with him and his family and, and see Bucknell, which is an incredible place. So uh, looking forward to talking to him about his program, about his story, about his team. He's got a senior class that's won 100 games. That's pretty hard to do. So we'll talk to him about them, about their matchup with Florida State in the 5-12 matchup and see how he feels. We'll get him on the phone and be right back. This is The Jump Around. And welcome back to the Jump Around. And joining me, it is Bucknell head coach Aaron Russell. Coach, thanks for joining me, and congratulations on your your second NCAA tournament berth uh, in your time at Bucknell. I know it's an exciting time for you guys. It is. It's, it's really exciting. I appreciate the call, and uh, happy to be with you. Well, I want to give people an idea of of you and your backstory. Certainly. Not someone, you hear about people who get into the coaching business and they, and they want to coach at this big school and they have these big giant aspirations. <laughs> you were not that. You were happy being a Division three head coach, right? I was happy being a high school boys coach <laughs> when, I, when I first got into this. You know, I wasn't, uh, wasn't even a great high school player by any stretch, didn't play college, didn't have anything to do with college basketball during my four years there. Really thought uh, I wanted to either go to law school or I wanted to become you. I wanted to go into the journalism world and um, just kind of had a... I had a great professor my, my senior year that kind of gave me the whole, like, what are you doing with your life? You don't really have a passion for either one of those. You're just kind of doing it. And kind of one of the, uh, you know, if you could do anything with your life, you know, it might didn't matter, what would you do? And I'd always coached uh, when I went back uh, over uh, my, my summers and, and college back, coached boys, AAU. Really enjoyed it, just never thought I could make a career of it. And had an opportunity when, uh, when I graduated college to coach on the boys' side uh, in, in Minneapolis High School for a year and then continued to get opportunities after that. Yeah, well, when you get into college coaching and you're at the University of Chicago, uh, which is an academically prestigious school by all, every stretch and every measure, uh, w- when you got there, you're, you're teaching while you're coaching. What what was when you what was the mindset when you first stepped into that? Because I know that was kind of a unique situation too when you took over. Well, first off, completely overwhelmed. Um, I had spent <laughs> a lot of time trying to find a job, and then finally, the September uh, after I got done with my graduate assistantship, September finally got the job uh, as an assistant there. And literally about a week after I got there, the head coach uh, that had just hired me uh, left, took another job, another Division three job. So I was scrambling and, and kind of felt that way. After five months of looking for a job, finally got one, and now I'm scrambling again. And uh, AD came into my office. I'll never forget. He said, do you have a baseline out of bounds play? And I didn't really know what he was talking about. <laughs> and uh, said, well, you know, buddy, I don't know you, uh, but I don't have enough time to do a search before the season starts. So you're going to be the interim coach here for a year, and uh, we'll do a search at the end of the year. was 25, like I said, completely overwhelmed. Wasn't even sure I wanted the job, uh, but I had a great group of kids, and uh, thank God the internet was around at that point. I was able to kind of research <laughs> some things. It was kind of before synergy, uh, but was able to find some things that we wanted to do. And and like I said, I had a great group and, and had enough success, and was able to keep the job. 
job at the end of the year. Uh, and you had a lot of success while you were there. Uh, you won 161 games. You went to four tournaments, three Sweet 16s, and Elite Eight as well. Uh, how were you able to build such a strong program at a school that is so rigorous academically? Yeah, I mean, you make it seem like it was smooth sailing, and it was just kind of uh, <laughs> that ascent the whole time. I mean, there, there was a lot of ups and downs. You know, there was, you know, I think it was our third season. You know, it wasn't like we had a lot of success up until then. Our third season, we were uh, we were ranked number one in the country. I feel like everything you had figured out. And then, if I'm not mistaken, I think we lost maybe three games in a row after that. Mm-hmm. And you definitely kind of have some self-assessment as a coach. And, and what am I doing here? You know, I, I, I'm not good enough for this. I remember even my fourth season being like, this is just not for me. You know, I, this is just... You're continually getting beat by the same people, uh, but uh, but again, you, you kind of stick with it. And was fortunate enough to be at a school like that. And again, I didn't I didn't go to a, a high academic school. No disrespect to Iowa, uh, but I guess I didn't go to a high <laughs> academic school. And uh, it, it just kind of a, a fish out of water to a certain extent. And you always thought about all the kids that you couldn't get, and complaining that oh, if we could have gotten this, or if we didn't have to worry about our academic standards. And yeah. It, it kind of had the make sure that I was doing a better job. Like I said, kind of had to reassess the way that I was going about it. And we kind of made a real change of, you know, hey, there's a lot of kids that maybe we can't get in our pool and even here at Bucknell, but let's use the things that we do have. You know, we are a high academic school. Let's maybe go get some kids that otherwise didn't think they wanted the high academics or didn't realize what this could do for them after graduation. So I think we kind of changed the, the way that we recruited, uh, which was big. Um, yeah. But also the Division three level, you don't have a lot of time. You don't have an off season. You know, you're not working with your players. We took a lot of practice time and really kind of started to say we, we got to make sure that we're doing a better job of developing our players. And I think that did make a difference. You know, kind of when we made some changes as staff. Yeah, as far so you just f- focus more on player development as opposed to hey, let's get a uh, hundred sets. You know, in. I used to I made the joke. You know, we we had a couple years uh, at, at the end of my time at University of Chicago where um, you know I think we were we were undefeated there for a while. Had had some good runs. I used to joke that we practiced less than anybody in the country. You know, and <laughs> some of that had to do with uh, with the way that things were were laid out in the UAA, playing on Fridays, playing on Sundays. But you know, we we kind of basically you know we play on Sundays. We use that Monday as kind of the. Uh, the, the player development piece, you know, we would give them off Tuesdays. We really kind of practice, I guess, on Wednesdays and Thursday was more of a prep day and sometimes a travel day. Uh, but like I said, you know, it was, we had a, we had a really great group of kids that kind of had an eager and appetite to get better. You know, and I mm-hmm. think once we kind of built that culture that players wanted to get better individually, then I think it made things a lot easier as a coach to put it all together. Yeah. Oh, and then Bucknell comes a calling and <laughs> unexpectedly, not something you sought out. Um, if you don't mind sharing the story a little bit about how that all unfolded. Yeah. Um, you know, got, got the call. And I think, you know, it's, I, I can say this now after being here for seven years, wasn't overly eager about it. I, I didn't know a whole lot about it here. Um, and, and to be honest, we really loved our time at Chicago, you know, and felt like we were kind of knocking on the door of final four, potentially national championship. And, and when you don't get that, and that's your goal, you feel like you don't want to leave until you accomplish it. You know, we definitely felt like there was still some unfinished business there. Um, went through the process here at Bucknell and kind of we're, we're patient enough to, to at least see the process through. Ended up coming out here for an interview, and I remember calling my wife being like, you know, I wasn't sure if we really wanted this job, uh, but now I really want I don't think we're going to get it, but now I really want the job. And this really is a truly special place. Uh, like I said, I, you and I have talked about this before. It, literally, in being genuine, being sincere, honest here, it had nothing to do with jumping Division One. You know, I was perfectly fine at, at Division Three. loved everything about it. It just when we came out here, uh, as much as we love Chicago, felt like this was a better move for our immediate family. You know, yeah. Molly and I were both from the Midwest. We always joked that we, if we ever left Chicago, that would be the year that the Cubs would win the World Series. <laughs> and uh, 2012, 2013 Cubs were not very good in, 
many years away from from winning everything. Uh, but like I said, it, it just everything that we thought that this was going to be, everything we wanted it to be, as far as a great fit for our family, really has come to fruition, and, and we couldn't be happier. Yeah. And you also took that job without your wife seeing the school, which is uh, I don't know if it's bold or stupid, but uh, there there was some trust there. I believe maybe her only question was how far away is the closest target. You know, and both of us had lived in <laughs> in big cities our whole lives, and. Uh, again, we, we did take the job uh, without her coming. I think she came out that first weekend. And, you know, it was a little bit of a culture shock, in all honesty. Uh, but this, yeah, again, I think we've made the, map, the most of this. And I, I couldn't imagine. I'm very thankful for as much as this was, truly was a really, really hard decision for us to pull the trigger. Um, it, it's amazing when we look back and say that it wasn't just a slam dunk. You know, I think we've loved this place so much that uh, it, it's almost painful to think that we almost didn't pull the trigger. Yeah. When you took over the program, uh, you know it wasn't in a good place. Uh, it just they had a really a really poor year the year prior to your arrival. Just hadn't hadn't really seen a ton of of large scale success in a while. Uh, you you go in that first year, you go fifteen and sixteen. But since then, every single year, winning season, uh, you've won ten plus conference games every year, excluding that first year. You've been to two NCAA tournaments now, two WNITs. I mean, again. I mean, you you kind of joked about it with Chicago, but it, like on paper, it looks like man, that you just kind of snap your finger and you guys were off and rolling. Uh, was that how it actually ended up happening, or was it a little bit more uh, tumultuous than that? No, man, I, I told you we we didn't take this for a basketball decision. You know that we felt like we were pretty good at Chicago, and you know, without knowing the kids here, you just saw the five and twenty five record, and you're like, oh, I don't know if that's really what we want. Um, you know, I, I think Bucknell had some history, especially on the men's side, mm-hmm. and they had uh, Dave Paulson was a Division three coach, and he was the men's coach here at the time. Had Mike Muscala, and and really had kind of built this, um, you know, into uh, being a, a power on the men. And even before them, you know, obviously Bucknell men have had a history here. And I think he kind of comforted me a little bit. He's like, hey, you know, I, I don't know you at all, but if you can recruit a lick, yeah, you'll have success here. This is truly a good place. So I think we mm. we really did buy into that. Um, but we also didn't come into this with like a quick fix. You know, this was not, we didn't run off anybody, everybody stayed. Uh, and I think we kind of went into it saying, hey, we, we got to make sure that we recruit blue collar kids, recruit the right culture. But I also will say that I, I think a lot of the right kids that we had were here already. You know, like that to, to the kids that were here, they bought into it. They really wanted to see some changes. They wanted to, to change the culture here, even knowing that probably realistically they weren't themselves going to see a lot of the rewards for that. You know, I don't know how realistic it was for us to go five and twenty-five to go to the NCAA tournament that first year. Um, but we kind of changed the way that we did things around here. We changed the way that we recruited, and, and that first group was huge in getting the kids that we wanted. You know, obviously when when kids are coming to campus and, and checking things out, those are the kids that were here, and they were helping to recruit them. Yeah. Um, so again, they were all a handful of those guys were here uh, for the last two championships, and um, you know, kind of helped in, in cutting down the nets, both figuratively and, and in person. And I think that's been a cool thing that they've shared in the, all the all the success this current group has had. Yeah. Well, then everything kind of clicked in that fifteen sixteen season. You guys go twenty five and eight, uh, seventeen and one. Uh, was that just the culmination of having a large group of those kids that you recruited in, and it just kind of everything clicked at the same time? Well. I'll go back to it not being smooth sailing. You're saying everything clicked. Uh, we were playing a lot of freshmen that year. Uh, the game before winter break, uh, I think we were five and five going in. I'm sorry, maybe we were six and four going into it. Maybe thinking that we had kind of gotten healthy and figured some things out. Uh, we lost 
to the 351st uh, ranked RPI team uh, going into the winter break. Uh, 351st, I believe, in field goal percentage. <laughs> uh, all sorts of things. Um, and, and it wasn't a close game, Blake. It was not a close <laughs> game. So I don't know how, how great we felt going into conference play that year. Uh, Army was a, a phenomenal uh, team at that point. Kelsey Minato and, and Dave McGarry leading it. And, I want to say caught lightning in a bottle because I do think we had some success earlier and felt good about our team. Um, it knocked off Army early. I think that gave us a little bit of juice and, and to hold on to it and go 17-1 and one with a really, really young team at that point. Our current seniors were freshmen then. I think that that kind of gave us some legitimacy and I think kind of gave us some, some fuel to kind of change things. And I don't want to say smooth sailing, but, you know, this senior group, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to them. You know, 64 and 8, I believe, over the last four years as a class is, is pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just want to look back. Yeah, you guys had some bad losses in that non-conference, man. Oof. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> we, won't, we won't name we're names. we positive here for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, listen, I'm okay. not going to name any names, but uh, wow. Okay. Anyway, well, back to the positive stuff. Uh, your senior class this year, uh, they've, they've won 100 games, uh, which is absurd, uh, especially at the mid-major level, because, you know, there are some games in your non-conference and et cetera that you, you know, are going to be tough to win. But for them to win 100, uh, they've kind of set the bar at a, a pretty absurd level. Yeah, and I think I give them a lot of credit, too, because I think as, as a coach, you're going through the recruiting process, even the kids that we're recruiting now, you know, we're not talking about the, the prior history. You know, you're trying to paint the picture and you're trying to sell the vision of what this thing is going to look like when they're here. And, you know, the, this current group of five seniors, you know, they didn't commit. It wasn't like we had had NCAA tournament success. I mean, we were just kind of building at that point. And they all bought in and, and came to a, a program that they wanted to, to kind of help build the success. And, and, and again, I feel like we had a couple good players, you know, even before those guys that, that really bought in. Claire DeBoer, who was conference player of the year two years ago, you know, I recruited uh, her best friend at the University of Chicago and, and kind of knew her a little bit and built a relationship. So it was somewhat easy for us to, to recruit her when we got here to Chicago. She was our first recruit. I, I didn't know if she could play at this level, but I knew that she was kind of that blue-collar kid and the culture kid that we wanted. And So I think she kind of set the tone for that, and then kind of progressively every kid that we got after that really kind of bought into to kind of that culture change and the work ethic change that uh, that really kind of led by Claire DeBoer and, and, and maybe a few others. And, and now you look at it now, and now th- those freshmen that we were trying to get to, to latch on when they were freshmen are now seniors holding everybody accountable and making sure that they're in the gym, getting up extra shots and everything else. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, I, I will get back to your team and your success, uh, et cetera, but you mentioned recruiting, and I want to make sure I ask this before it gets away from me. Um, this might be betraying a friendship. That's, I'm, I'm willing to, to do that, and I'm okay with that. Um, Are we going to be friends after this question? You're going to be nervous here. I, I hope so. I mean, I, I'll be okay, good. I'll see if you'll get mad at me, but uh, I don't think you will. Uh, but if you if you would, I would love for you to share the story about uh, recruiting uh, and how that ties into the birth of your third child. Oh, boy, I forgot about that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. So this was a year and a half, mad two years ago now. And uh, you've met my wife. I, I think you love my wife. I love my wife. Your wife's great. But uh, she, you know, when you get to be kind of eight, nine months pregnant and you really want that kid to pop out, you probably think it's coming out every single day, even though it wasn't. So I, it was April recruiting uh, that year, and uh, it, that was one of the years of his back-to-back recruiting weekend. We thought we had planned better than that, by the way. You know, uh, she was <laughs> right, due in right, mid-May, right. Uh, and uh, things don't always work out that way. But it was that first recruiting weekend. I actually had a flight down to the Deep South uh, that uh, magically got canceled. 
So I had to stay here and was going to drive down to D.C. the next morning uh, instead and just uh, go down there. Remember leaving that morning and Molly saying, something doesn't feel right, something doesn't feel right. And uh, one of those, like, okay, we've been down this road here for the last 10 or 12 days. You know, for the last 10, 12 days, been been saying, think that kid's popping out. And so I think uh, it didn't exactly give my blessing or give her my blessing or give me her blessing on the way out the door that morning, but kind of promised her that, hey, let me, let me get this weekend under the belt and then I promise you I'll stay home next weekend. Uh, literally probably got about five minutes down the road, which I think is a positive, and uh, got the call that, uh, water had broke. I don't know if I completely did the U-turn right away. I wanted to make sure that she wasn't just kind of guilting me into coming back. Uh, but uh, lo and behold, I uh, was able to get back here. We got to the hospital. Everything worked out, and uh, I guess you got a good story out of that's it. That's a great story. Uh, that's really funny. Uh, good. So we're still friends. That's good to know. All right. Um, we're still friends. I'm still married. All is good. Yes, that's true. All important things. All right. Back to your team. Uh, you're into to the tournament again. Last time you were a 14 seed, you played Maryland, which was a pretty touch, a tough matchup. This year you're a 12 seed, and obviously, uh, you know the the higher, the better your seed gets, the the better opportunity you have. Uh, what though specifically do you feel like you are doing differently as the coach going into this tournament than you did last time? You know, a little bit last time, and if you remember, that was the year that everybody was up in arms because Maryland was number three ranked in the yep. country and all of a sudden was the three seed. And, you know, so everybody kind of felt bad for them. And it was one of those, like, hey, people were talking about us being maybe not quite a 12, but at least a 13. And all of a sudden we felt like we were a 14 and almost <laughs> it felt like it was a 2-15 to 15 matchup yeah. instead of, uh, you know, a 4-13 <laughs> or whatever it could have been. You know, um, so that was tough. And, and obviously Maryland was, was hungry. You know, we probably weren't constructed. Uh, for a team like that at that point you know we just we were a good Patriot League team you know we were athletic but I don't know athletic enough to quite hang with those teams again maybe somebody could make still still say that same argument about us now but I do feel like we've got a lot more athletic I think we're a little more built for this from the from the team side of it uh, but I think just from a mental standpoint we have a lot of kids that were at least on the roster and played in that game a few years ago I think we had a lot of kids that have been through the process of what this week is supposed to look like you know from the selection show uh, on down and I think this is a little bit less of a, we're just happy to be there I don't know if anybody would admit we were just happy to be there a few years ago uh, but that was a pretty daunting task and, and as is it is this year you know but at least you look at a team and I think there's just more confidence in what we are and, and how we've been built uh, over the last uh, nine to ten months, uh, less so than it is worrying about what the opponent is. Yeah. Um, with being a 12 seed and you're playing a, a Florida State team, a young Florida State team, um, who's great coach, Sue Semoral, she's built an incredible program there. Um, go into this game without, I mean, getting, getting as specific as you feel comfortable getting specific. Yeah. Uh, in, in what ways, in what areas do you feel like you guys um, can be successful and need to be successful in order to potentially upset them? Well, it's, it's funny, you know, because obviously when you, when you first find out, which I don't know if we're how we found out uh, we were a 12 seed, but we found out we were a 12 seed on Monday. You know, and I think that was just a big deal for us. I think we felt from a respect standpoint you know, kind of 12 was that number that we felt really good about, you know, and it it obviously got us to a neutral court and all of those sort of things. But then you see who you're playing and you're like, oh, this has got real. Yeah, we're 12, but look at who we're playing. You know, they may be a five seed, but this is Florida State. This is the ACC. This is a a big time coach. And I had watched them a couple times throughout the year, at least bits and pieces and started watching film. And first off, they're just really, really athletic, you know, and I think that's something that you know, we've really tried to make sure that we played some some high level programs over the years. You know, we played Syracuse this year. We played Quinnipiac. You know, we went out to Iowa State. And so I think from a 
I don't think we're going to be shocked necessarily uh, by it, but still, that's a really, really athletic team. You say they're really young, uh, which they are, but they're a young team that has figured some things out defensively. Yeah. You know, normally you see young teams and just rotations aren't there, and they're not a great uh, team defender, a defensive team, and Sue's just done a tremendous job. They're a little bit different than most of the teams that they've seen. You know, this is We're a little bit more continuity. I, I do feel like we can shoot the ball well, um, you know, as a coach, you never want to go in the game just being like, oh, hey, if we shoot the ball well, then we have a chance. But I think we're, we know that we're a team that has to shoot the ball well in, in Patriot League games and, and definitely in the tournament games. Uh, well, last thing, I'll get you out of here. I know you guys are getting ready to roll uh, and, and hit the road soon. But um, for you, just to kind of put a bow on it with with where you've been and, and your story uh, to get to the NCAA tournament twice now to, to have your program amongst uh, the best mid-majors every year in the country in which you guys truly are uh, what is it about your program the message about your program that you would want to, people to hear that maybe aren't familiar with you guys I think from, from one standpoint I think it's just you know just really proud of the way that we handle and manage our program you know I, you were here a few uh, a few weeks ago you know, like, you see what the community, how, how big of a deal, you know, this program is in the community. And that's been built. You know, that wasn't happening six, seven years ago. The excitement that surrounds our team right now is, is really cool. Um, that being said, we're about to practice, you know, before we head out for the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament game, and I got three kids that are stressed out about missing class. You know, so two of them are <laughs> going to go to class and, and miss practice before we head out of here. Um, so I think it, it, it's a it's a cool thing, but just a special group. And, and I, I'm sure everybody, and I hope every coach says that about their group, um, there, were, there was excitement uh, Sunday, uh, but there was also some relief, not just because people expected it to happen or, you know, it, it just assumed it would happen, but this was a special group to me, and I literally don't know how I could have looked at those seniors after the game Sunday in the championship game if we hadn't won. You know, I, 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 they're such an inspiring group. They motivated me all, all week last week. You know, there, there wasn't a whole lot of sleep and maybe wasn't the best balance in my life last week. Um, but they really motivated us and inspired us as a staff to make sure that they got to experience this week and looking forward to it and then hopefully go down there and represent the league and represent our area well. Uh, but this is a fun group, and, and hopefully it'll be a good game on Friday. Yeah, well, uh, you, you built something special. Again, Bucknell 20-5 and five in the year, won the Patriot League. They will be taking on Florida State as the 12 seed. Coach, I really appreciate your time, and best of luck to you guys. I appreciate your time and appreciate everything that you do. And outside of whatever uh, window happened on Monday that you were uh, supposedly women's basketball public public enemy number one, <laughs> you know, it's very exciting to talk to you. And um, again, I, I thought you did everything right, handled everything right on Monday. And uh, I will tell you this: there wasn't anything ruined in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. Man, we enjoyed the heck out of Monday. Had an awesome party, and uh, I, I said that to our girls yesterday after practice. That, I was very proud of them. There wasn't any disappointment. There wasn't anything. They had smiles on their faces throughout Monday. And it was maybe different than what they expected going into Monday, uh, but uh, there wasn't anything close to being ruined. Uh, we enjoyed it, man. We enjoyed it. I appreciate everything that you're doing. Well, I appreciate Aaron's words. I appreciate him sharing his story and talking about his program. Again, Bucknell's going to take on Florida State, and that 5-12 matchup is always a sneaky one. Florida State has been playing well, but Bucknell, I know they want to play the, the role of upset, so we'll see what they can do. Thank you for listening to The Jump Around, whether you listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, wherever. It's appreciated. If you listen on iTunes, you can leave a rating or review. That'd be appreciated as well. You can find me on Twitter, at Blake Dudonis. And until next time, this is The Jump Around.